Hey, Sean Gaby here. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Hey everyone, Sean Gaby here with the Supernatural Leadership Podcast, talking about the difference between principle-led leadership and presence-led leadership. We all have a leader within. Why not make that leader a little more supernatural? Enjoy today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome again to another Supernatural Leadership Podcast episode. My name is Sean Gaby. Thank you so much for stopping by. Once again, don't forget to review, rate this podcast, subscribe if you haven't already, and share it with your friends. And most of all, let us know how these episodes are impacting your leadership in a supernatural way. Remember, everybody has a leader within and this podcast is all about helping that leader become a little more supernatural along the journey. So thank you so much for being a part of this podcast family. Today, we have a very special guest. And before I bring her on, I am going to read her bio, bring you into a little bit of an introduction of as to who she is and what she carries, a little bit of her background. This woman means a lot to my wife and I, as well as her husband and, uh, They've been a huge part of our journey, many, many important parts of our uh, journey along the way over the last almost 20 years now. And she may not even realize that, but it's been almost 20 years since um, we've met. And so I'm going to read her bio and then bring her on. Stacey Campbell is a prophetic voice to this generation. It has a passion to teach believers to know how to hear the voice of God through proper teaching and strong values. She is the founder of the Canadian Prophetic Council and has helped launch prophetic roundtables in several nations. She serves as an honorary member of the Apostolic Council of Prophetic Elders, presided over by Dr. Cindy Jacobs. She and her husband, Wesley, are founders, um, a mercy organization for children at risk called Be a Hero. Stacey is a board member of Iris Global, and together her and Wesley serve on the apostolic team of HIM, which is Harvard International Ministries. In addition, they're authors of five books and Praying the Bible CD series. And she's presently also, um, they're, they're the founders of the Shiloh Company, and this is her main focus in this season. And their vision as the Shiloh Company is to mentor emerging prophetic persons, to deploy select high-level prophetic voices, and to minister prophetically to leaders in all seven mountains of society. The concept of Shiloh has been carried by prophetic voices such as Paul Kane and Mike Bickle for decades by joining the Shiloh Company Mentorship Program. And she will share a little bit about what this is. You'll be empowered in your prophetic, your own prophetic gift to catalyze revival and transformation in the workplace and in your very own sphere of influence. Stacy Campbell, welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I just can't believe that we've known each other 20 years. I mean, you know, you're getting old when you can talk in terms of decades. But anyway, great to be with you, Sean. But you know what? You haven't aged a bit. And uh, <laughs> I, I so appreciate you and Wesley. I was thinking about this coming on today and chatting with you. Just how many moments and significant moments in Michelle and I's journey you guys were a part of, whether it was a council moment, giving us advice, a mentoring moment or even some sort of an introduction to a new space and new grace in our season. And actually you were one of the ones you probably don't, re you know, remember this, but you gave us some pretty strategic counsel in an area that we were making a decision when it came to the local church. And you guys were the, the catalyst to helping Michelle and I make the plunge 
And so, you know, a lot of what we're living today, I would say you guys were a huge part of the journey. And I know that as leaders, we forget, right? We forget where we plant seeds and then, but it's good to hear that like 20 years later, your seeds are still producing fruit in and through us. And so we love you. We appreciate you. And so I'm super excited to have you on this podcast. First time. Yeah. And, and we are Canadians. So, you know, yes, we're Canadian today. So we've, we've done it. We've helped build ministries across the nation because we love Canada. So I, I especially love being uh, it, on any program that's Canadian based because all my children are Canadians and my, my daughter just married an American, but anyway, and my two of my sons, if you can believe it, married Swedish girls wow. from Sweden. So, I mean, we're going international. That's sort of the anointing of Canada to be a leaf of healing for nations. So it's what we do. And your grandparents now, right? Am I correct? Our grandparents. Yeah. We you have two are... grandkids and wow. they're coming to visit us down here in California because we're permanent residents in the U S for one year now, just one year. And uh, anyway, so yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Congratulations. Yeah, you reside currently in Santa Maria, correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. Santa Maria, yeah. California. So you're living in the nice beach culture right now. That's where you reside, right? Yes. However, what what many people don't realize, like we're from the Central Coast and it gets kind of cool there and it's actually hotter in Kelowna, British Columbia, where we're from in the summer. Really? So we like to go back to Canada for the summer and leave cold california because it's kind of got these inversions on the coast and it's foggy and damp so you get the best of both worlds so you're just winning on both sides of the coin that's awesome <laughs> that's awesome well hey let's dive in i you know you you i didn't read this part of your your journey but you've ministered in over 70 nations and you've been a part of and are continually to contribute to seeing transformation in cities and regions this is what you do this is what the shiloh company does and so but i know that all of this started way back i don't know how many i don't i don't want to age you but i don't know how many decades ago where you first discovered the supernatural and the importance of the supernatural being a part of your leadership journey and so just bring us into like a little bit of a coles notes version of like what happened to you because you didn't always believe necessarily right in the supernatural no. power of god no we were my husband's like several generations Plymouth Brethren, which, you know, was founded a renewal movement back in the 1800s, founded by J. Nelson Darby, who popularized the whole notion of cessationism and that uh, uh, that the gifts, all the holy, all the supernatural had passed away. We had the canon of scripture. We didn't no longer need it prophecy, healing signs, you know, that which when that which was perfect was come had come, we would no longer need prophecy or miracles. And, and basically, um, they interpreted the perfect to being the canon of scripture. And so they thought all uh, there was no supernatural left. So we just had Wesley always says we had a couple of skins of the Bible and, a, you know, a few epistles, but like all the supernatural was taken out of it. So uh, and then after university, I went to university for five years and then went to Baptist seminary in seminary. They also taught us that there were no supernatural, nothing supernatural happening today. So everything I do now, I came by very dishonestly. I was skeptical. I was critical. I did not um, uh, believe that these things were real uh, and I was taught that it was either emotional at best a lot of emotionalism or demon possession you know if there was any supernatural only the devil could do it so I was very skeptical and even maybe fearful of uh, of prophecy of healing of miracles of a supernatural lifestyle 
Wow. And then you had a moment. We and our Baptist church in a prayer meeting, we were just crying out to God for revival because we really loved revival. My husband's a major revivalist. And we were praying and asking God. And we had an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, very much like Acts 2, where the Spirit came on the upper room with, with 120 people. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the filling was physical. You know, Peter gets up and gives, uh, you know, an exegetes the experience of Pentecost by pulling a scripture from Joel 2. He said, this is what Joel was talking about. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And then he says what they'll do. He said, these people are not drunk like you think, but this is what Joel was talking about. And then he says, old men will dream dreams. Young men will have visions. Men and women will prophesy. Well, that happened to us in our Baptist church. that We had an outpouring of the spirit. The presence of God came in the room, filled us physically. We began shaking, falling. Uh, I mean, it's classic revival. If you read through church history revival books yeah and you look from you know the Montanists, the huguenots the quakers john wesley george whitfield uh, jonathan edwards his wife i mean you see all these phenomenon happening just like acts two and so we had that happen to us and the thing is that the the primary manifestation of it was that out of nothing we could prophesy God began to speak to us and give us a vision for revival, give us a vision for prayer, give us vision for the poor of the earth. And even though we read the Bible cover to cover and studied it, it was like he was lifting um, a calling out of the pages of the word of God of what we were supposed to do. And it actually changed the trajectory of our entire life. And we began to move into prayer and we began to move into the poor. We, we, our church became the fastest growing Baptist church in Canada before they didn't let us become Baptist. People would walk in and just say, what hinders me from being baptized? Basically, they would be, the unbelievers would begin weeping. And, 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 and I mean, literally, the spirit of God would come in and people would fall on their face flat down. People would begin trembling under the power of God and prophesying. And, and, and uh, yeah, we, just like Acts 2, everyone called on the name of the Lord got saved. And so they had 3,000 saved in Acts 2. Well, we had hundreds saved in the first few months. Wow. And um, all of it was like first-time conversions. It wasn't, it wasn't like transfer growth. We did have right. some transfer growth. But, I mean, it was really people encountering a living God. Wow who is alive and real and saw miracles in their lives. And coming from like a brethren background. Like this oh, yeah. is I used to wear a head deal. covering. I, I, I wore a head covering. We were silent in the church. I didn't believe women could speak, let, let alone prophesy. Um, we even had prayer meetings in separate rooms. Like the guys could pray so that the women could pray out loud. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it was really So do you get, do you get any, do you get any invitations into those circles? No, actually. No, uh, no. Um, no. It would be cool to almost hold like a little bit of a conversation between someone who's still in that space and someone who's come out of that space like yourself and see what comes out of the conference. I know I've had, I'm sure you've had conversations with people over the years. I mean, I've had tons of conversations, but it'd be cool to witness that, that kind of a conversation. But the cool thing about your experience was that you didn't have Shiloh company training when this outpouring happened, you didn't have prophetic one-on-one, you just like the spirit of prophecy, like we teach fall fell mm-hmm. and you just started to prophesy, probably not really having a language for this is prophecy, right? No, it just happening. 
And so just, at what point did you did you sense like, hey, like we have no training and qualification for this yet it's happening like what should we do next like what how did you pivot to keep well, this moving forward it was actually my husband wesley who's like five generations plymouth brethren but when when the spirit of god came in like he said that this this has to be for something so you know are any of you feeling to pray right now and and the spirit would come on us and we would begin to prophesy and it was like holy it was like the, the God himself was speaking to us directly. And in the early days, it was virtually interactive. God, God would say something and we begin prophesying. And then Wesley would say, well, I don't understand what that means. And then that another person would get up and would like interpret that thing. And Wesley said, well, what about this? And, and it really it was like very amazing. It was such a present, like God was so present in wow. that, in those early days in particular. But um Wesley was the brilliant leader. Wesley was the apostle over the prophets. And he would encourage us. He would, he would say, okay, no, you know, say that. Now, like in Ezekiel, like when God trains Ezekiel to prophesy, or in Jeremiah, when he training Joab, jo jo Jeremiah to prophesy, he said, Jeremiah, what do you see? Okay. And he said, well, I see this and and then he keeps saying you know keep looking or ezekiel what do you see i see a valley of dry bones and then and then god will say well prophesy to thy, those dry bones because he actually was training ezekiel to see deeper and deeper and deeper because sometimes your initial observation is not so the good. end result where the dry bones eventually turns into an exceeding great army but if you stop at the first thing you see so wesley was brilliant at pulling those the deeper levels and what does that mean out of there and asking the questions and bringing it to something concrete that we could move upon and wow. and, and and he would build on the word of the lord out of what god was saying well wow, it's really really interesting and totally rabbit trail random but last just last night i, I was having a really hard time sleeping some stuff was 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 happening and i I, I was asking God to help me see beyond what I see. And I, and I looked at my time and I saw 111 and immediately my heart went to Jeremiah 111 where God asks Jeremiah, what do you see? And he says, I see the branch of an almond tree. And literally I woke up this morning. It's just funny that you're saying this, like literally last night I was having this conversation with God, help me to see and then I looked at my time and I, I felt the Lord say, Jeremiah 111, see deeper, see deeper, like get my eyes because you can hear something and sometimes that can really block your ability to see. It can, you know, you hear a critique or you hear a problem and then you, you can't see the situation right or the problem right or the person right, but we need to see beyond what we hear, see beyond what we just see in the natural. So that's just very, that's just very interesting. It just stuck out to me. I'm like, man, you're speaking right now to me through what you're saying. And so one of the things I love about what you and Wesley do, do and what Wesley has done, because I've, I've watched Wesley do a lot of interviews and over the years with guys like Bob Jones and stuff, he's just great at drawing out sort of this, this, the understanding of the prophetic. He's great at pulling it out. He's great at even I watching you guys minister together and him behind you and, you know, giving the commentary. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. What? <laughs> and I love, I love how you guys work together because you said it. I mean, he was kind of the apostle over the prophets and, you know, I think this is a great model. I think we, we, 
don't always see that today. We don't see the collaboration between those that have more of an apostolic edge walk alongside tightly with people who are more prophetic in nature. I know it is happening and it does happen. And we, of course we are seeing it, but we don't see it a lot. We don't see it working well long-term often. And so I love how you guys model this. How did you guys take now all this experience that you were having in the supernatural in your church, this move of God, how did you now, what was the sort of the transition to see it impact the marketplace? Cause I know your shallow company is all about that. So in the early days, how did that transition into influencing your city? Well, I, I, I feel that, you know, when God begins to speak, if you don't have an apostle to build it, like the primary function of a prophetic person is to kind of see the will of God, hear the will of God, see what's coming, see the dangers, and then uh, and, and, and call it out. But the primary function of an apostle is to build build on no other person's foundation. So once you have the will of God, if you don't have a builder building it. So when God is speaking all these things about prayer, when God is speaking all these things about the poor, if you don't have somebody building it, then nothing happens. So Wesley right. would take this revelation and he'd say, okay, how do we help the poor in our city? How do we, and he would begin to preach the messages from the scripture about how there's to be no poor amongst, you know, the nation of Israel and, and how, how uh, God says, how Paul said, uh, how they were, the disciples said to Paul, only remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do, Paul said, and how they helped the poor in the early church and how throughout church history. So then we would start ministries to the poor. Wesley would preach sermons on that. Wow. Business leaders or mercy gifting would say, I want to start something out of our own uh, our, our church. So they opened They If we said, okay, you can have a room in our church. We had a building in the center of town, which was also prophesied. God said, I want to have that building. And wow. we had to contend for that building. We didn't get it for five years, but when we got it, it was a 60,000 square foot building in the center of town. And we put a whole ministry to the poor on the back of it. We would have, we would have trucks uh, backing up like semi loads of goods. And, and, and we would give out more food and clothing than the Salvation Army in the entire uh, district of Western Canada, just out of our local church. So we wow. began to build what God said. So you need apostles and prophets working together. First apostles, second prophets, Ephesians 2.20, you know, so that it actually gets some um, structure to the words. Wesley would also take the words on prayer, and he flew to Kansas City to figure out how to pray, because he heard there was a guy that prayed five hours a day, and and it was Mike Bickle, and he never heard of such a thing on the earth. So he flew there, got all the tapes and learned how to pray. And then eventually we wrote books on prayer. So we, we fleshed it out and started prayer meetings. We would gather every night just to pray and seek the face of God in, in the early days. So, wow. I, I mean, they actually translated into actual actions. That's amazing. And so Shallow Company, which is what you, it's a mentoring program that you lead, how are you seeing the supernatural impact these leaders that are coming to you saying, Hey, how do we shift the sphere that we're in or transform the region that we're in? Okay. So, I mean, I, I have literally prophesied over tens of thousands of people and I regularly get this kind of feedback. Now this is guy, I just got this yesterday uh, from a fellow from a, another nation around the world. 
and said, my dear sister Stacy, your life-giving prophetic words that you gave me, you know, a long time ago, continue to blossom in my life. I've been unanimously voted as a chair of advocates. So this guy was a lawyer uh, in an international global council representing approximately 30,000 Christian legal professionals in 150 nations, our next meetings in Cambridge. But I mean, I get feedback like that Love it. every single week where the word of the Lord went into a person and it actually put something in them. God calls things that are not as though they were. And now this is about the third or fourth feedback I've got, like, because the prophetic word was probably 20 years ago. And he said, after you wow. prayed for me, this happened. And he started in his city and then he started in his region. And now he's, you know, impacting multiple nations with his profession. But I have, uh, it, it's like one of the things of the prophetic, especially the way that God uses me is to discern a calling. So when I close my eyes and ask God, I say, Lord, what are you doing in this person's life? And I inquire, it's kind of like Ephesians 2.8, by grace you're saved through faith, it's a gift of God, and 2.8 and 9, uh, not of works lest no one can boast, but right after that it says, unto good works, Ephesians 2.10, which God has foreordained for people to walk in. So for every single person on the planet, you know, God has a will that if they follow him and they can find it and God has good works for everybody to walk in. So I always ask the Lord, like, or what are you doing in this person's life? What, you know, what do you see? And God will many times give me a word for them. And I also just like to invite people to walk along with me on the journey. So I had these prophetic words in my twenties and now I'm in my sixties. And, uh, and, and God began to speak to me about a generation that was coming that would change society and society would not change them. And, and he, he, he began to say, and they would do signs and they would do wonders and they would change you know, the world. And so for, for decades, I, I didn't know what that meant. So I started, well, if there's a generation coming, maybe I should teach two-year-olds there because I was in my 20s. I'll, I'll start with them. And, and I, I, it's been a trajectory, whereas now I'm culminating in gathering leaders in their sphere of influence that are now like, so my Shiloh uh, Global Mentorship, my Shiloh Company Mentorship has leaders in the tops of their spheres that have been impacted by the power of God, by the supernatural power of God, that are now moving that out wow. into corporations, into cities, into and, and discipling other people in their wow. spheres of influence. So, um, and, and how it would work would be, I, I invited this, um, this, uh, this banker actually, him and his wife to come on a trip with me to Brazil. And this guy said, and so he's in his 60s, and he said, you know, this is a few years ago, so he would have been in his 50s. He said, you know, I had my life compartmentalized. I had my work life, I had my family life, I had my social life, and never the three should, should meet, you know? Um, and like so said, many people, so many people. Exactly. They go to work and they don't, even though he was from a charismatic church, you know, that believed in the gifts, he never saw any. And it was his wife that was kind of hungry for revival and stuff like that. She would drag him to all these meetings and she dragged him to Brazil. But he said that when I landed in Brazil, 
he said uh, on the tarmac in my, my plane landed on the tarmac i had my first open vision he went into wow. a vision and he saw all these things happening and from that moment on and uh, he, he he i put him on my ministry teams prophecy began to flow he he got filled with the holy spirit as a number crunching banker okay and he began shaking okay and and he said the ceo of a a multi-billion dollar bank that is exponentially growing since covid and in covid but he began shaking under the power of the holy spirit and like jonathan edwards wife who shook for four days and four nights or heidi baker that got filled with the spirit looked like she was drunk for days on end day and night they dragged her into and out of the meetings in toronto she gets up from that filling of the holy spirit which the Bible is clear about, Acts 1, wait, 1, 8, go wait to receive power, and then you'll be my witness. Right. You need power to yeah. be a witness. Yeah. So Heidi went out and planted 10,000 churches after that, feeds 50,000 a day. <laughs> you know, I mean, no how many of us, we need that power to increase right. our witness. But this banker, he's praying on the way home. He's still shaking. He can't stop shaking. And people think it's random shaking, and from the outside, like on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says, like, it's Pentecost, it's the birth of the church, and, and, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit, they look like they're drunk, and the Bible says, but some mocked, and it's possible to look on from the outside, not yeah. judge it by its fruit, which Jesus said, you judge it by its fruit, but judge it by, the, by its appearance, and actually mock a true move of God, the birth of the church was mocked by people in their day it's a dangerous thing but anyway he prays so he's praying god what do you want me to do this he's shaking on the plane on the way home and the lord said i want you to tell people and he said like like who my 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 men's group my 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 church said no your board meeting uh uh, your boardroom and so he goes in to his boardroom on on the on the monday morning he's still under the power of the holy spirit he says many of you know i went here and i was going on this trip and you know they knew he was a christian but he never had walked in power before he begins to tell the testimony and in the boardroom the spirit of god begins to fill the boardroom and when he looks up many of the men if not all of them had tears in their eyes because the presence of god if we would be carriers of the presence of god supernaturally and now he's innovating with all these people that say, I feel called, you know, some of them aren't even uh, uh, believers, but I feel called to bring transformation, to help cities and nations, to help the poor. And he's, he's discipling them now in the purpose of wealth creation and the distribution of wealth to see transformation. So he's just impacting company after company, leader after leader, with the power of the Holy Spirit prophesying over all of them. I mean, it's amazing. So we see and that. The, and these are the kind of things that people that are coming to your shallow company, right? Yeah, are, well, he's actually the leader of the business department in, in my shallow company. So oh, awesome. Yeah, so he leads it. Yeah, so he's That's awesome. Amazing. Hey, everyone, before we continue on with this interview, I have some exciting news to share with you. The Supernatural Leadership School is now live. The platform has been launched with our very first e-course called the Voice of God module. 
I would encourage you head over to SupernaturalLeadership.com and sign up today and begin a brand new Supernatural Leadership journey. And, and how long ago was this? Like this banker had this encounter, like how many years? Uh, ago? That would have been about four years ago now, four okay. or five years ago, maybe four, I think. Yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of people think that, okay, prophets, people who prophesy, you know, it's just all about the prophetic word, but really, I mean, Ephesians 4.11 talks about the real focus of a prophet under the new covenant is to train and equip the people. And yes, prophecy happens, but I think you probably teach the same thing as I would, is that you can have the gift of prophecy and actually prophesy more than the prophet, but the prophet has the platform and the influence that the one with just the gift of prophecy may not have. So that influence, that platform to equip, to train, to disciple, to mentor, those that are shifting regions, cities in, in, in transformation, powerful ways. And so you know, how, how much would you say like for you, cause I know you're like a prophesying machine and I know this about you. I've, I've seen you, I've been in meetings with you and we've collaborated at times. And what would you say the ratio is for you of how much you do the training piece to how much you're actually prophesying the word of the Lord over these people that are part of your company? Well, I probably take a little bit more of a rabbinical approach, you know, uh, I was trained by Campus Crusade and University, you know, where I teach faithful men to teach others also. So I like to bring people with me because I always say, now I can teach. I've got whole schools of prophecy. I, 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 I mean, I've done them. I just finished just training, teaching at a, a, at a school of prophecy. Uh, but, but you actually learn to prophesy by prophesying. And so, Good word. so much of it is, is, it's not just cognitive, it's actual put into practice. And so you can learn all the principles of healing the sick or the principles of prophesying, but until you actually step out and activate, if a man's gift is prophecy, Romans 12 says, let him prophesy according to his faith, unless you actually open your mouth and give language to what you're seeing and hearing in the spirit, uh, you will, it, it will, you'll, it'll ever remain um, a, a, an idea, a concept and not something transformational. And so I think that true prophecy is, it's transformational. It calls things that are not, it, it, it brings it. So I like to take people with me. I like to give them opportunity to prophesy. Everywhere I go, I force myself to prophesy no matter where I'm in. I was in a meeting last night, a house meeting. I was in church yesterday prophesying. I, I prophesy every single day of my life because it doesn't get easier it gets harder if you I stop. <laughs> so. I love that. And you, and I know I've had a first hand experience with you. You do, you do that. You do that so well. And I've watched you bring people. And even when you're like, you know, I remember like so many times we've had you out and uh, you know, at a conference or something. And I'm just like, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm going to receive from Stacy. And then Stacy calls me up. Okay. Sean's going to prophesy with me, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I know that about you and it's so good. And I love that you do that because I think, the rabbinical approach is the right approach. And that's mm -hmm. to, to learn by doing, to learn mm -hmm. by actually, and I was saying this to our community yesterday, actually, I said, kingdom living is living in activation. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. no other way to live kingdom. If you want to live kingdom life, you're constantly living in a place of activating everything that you say you believe. Otherwise, it's information. It's knowledge that 
in the end, it may make you sound really smart, but doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't transform the soul. Like when you're living it out and activating it every day, it's like you, you, every time you activate anything in the kingdom, it's like your roots are going deeper and deeper. Your tree is getting stronger and stronger because you're actually practicing everything that you say you believe. Give us a little bit. I want to just touch on this real brief. Give us what's been some of the greatest struggles pitfalls, maybe even failures of really seeing the supernatural impact the marketplace. Like when you're training people, because I think sometimes business leaders would say to me, be like, okay, so, you know, I'm being trained to do this. So what does that look like? Like I go into my board meeting and does that look like me prophesying over all of my employees? Does it look like me? Like, what does it look like? What are some of the pitfalls that you see in people sort of bringing the supernatural in these spheres of influence or the challenges that you've seen and how do you, how do you overcome those things? Okay. I think that one of the biggest pitfalls is that in the church, um, John Wimber, we used to be a vineyard church would say this statement, which is a profound statement, models control outcomes. And so when people come to church and they see a person getting up and prophesying over a crowd, it's creating a model in the prophesying. Okay. And which is not necessarily a transferable model to the boardroom <laughs> uh, and, um, and, uh, uh, or, or to, to the government office. Although, and so what we have to create models that prophesy or contextualize the gift of prophecy in different settings. Yeah. So in a boardroom or in a business, I try to teach people to be much more supernaturally natural, where they go in and they're praying, God, who do you want me to speak to today? And while they're having coffee, said, you know, I've been praying for you and make it more natural, make it more uh, approachable. Or uh, like my, my friend says, a lot of times him and his wife go out for dinner with the other people in their business or uh, and they just get into conversations and they will have the word of the Lord that will come up. You know, when, uh, how's your, your, your family doing? And something related very close to their heart that they would never talk about in the, a work setting. The spirit of God comes in and they have a prophetic word on that situation to bring a solution. Wow. And that's what I, I, I see happening where we take the word of the Lord and it becomes a strategy for transformation from uh, like asking God for strategies to bring shift to a family, shift yeah. to a business, shift to a, a neighborhood. I love that. And it's true. I do believe that a lot of people get so stuck, even when they think of vocational ministry or think of ministry in general, they think of the, 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 the pastor, the, the one mm -hmm. that is in the church, but everyone has a ministry. Everyone has, in my my mind, I would say vocational ministry in the sense of whatever vocation you are in, you're called to minister in that vocation, business, government, school system, media, whatever it is. And to be supernaturally natural, which is this is a supernatural leadership podcast. So we talk about this a lot. You know, it's I think part of its language, but then part of it is God asking God the question, like you said, John 5, 19, I only do what I see my father doing. So God, in this day today, in this business transaction, in this business meeting, in this, whatever it is, network lunch, like show me where you are present. Like where, what are you highlighting in this moment? I know that's one of my prayers every time I do anything. And I remember I was in a, I was trying to do this real estate deal 
with um, a tenant of mine. I, I had this property and I was trying to sell this property to my tenant and I, I did it myself. And I, I, I had told him, I said, I, I, you know, this is what I'm going to take for the property. I'm giving you the opportunity to not have to move, stay here, but this is, this is my, like, this is my price. And I'm not wavering from this price. And so he was like, okay, I'm going to get back to you. And he went and consulted a lawyer and he was going to do the whole process. And I had a dream that night. And in the dream, I saw his offer. And in the dream, his offer was lower than, and I actually saw the exact number and it was lower than what I had told him in the dream. And I told him in the dream, I'm like, this is not what I told you. I'm not taking anything less. And because I had that dream, I knew what he was going to offer before he offered it. So the next morning, before he had the chance to submit the offer to me, I said, are you going to offer this amount? He's like, how do you know that? Do you talk to my lawyer? I'm like, no, your lawyer won't give me information, of course. I said, I had a dream last night that you offered this amount. And I told you ahead of time, I'm not taking any other offer. So he's freaked out. He's like, this is crazy. And so because I was able to catch it before it happened, that actually saved him money, me money, because going back and forth with the lawyer, I mean, obviously it takes money and time. So it actually, and I ended up getting exactly what I wanted. And it all came from just saying, God, like I'm including you in this deal. I'm including you in this process speak. And I think I can use that as a story to like that, that touches every area of, of our life. Right. I mean, any, any area, family, business, career, we can include God in these everyday decisions. And when he speaks, it really is powerful. Right. And you've had like probably thousands of experiences like that. Yeah. Thousands of them. And, and, you know, I think, in every sphere of society, I, I feel like people don't know how close God is. Yeah. The Bible says he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. If you just call on his name. And a lot of people don't have God intervening in situations because they don't ask in daily life. They, they Maybe in a crisis, they might ask, but it's not like a lifestyle of interacting with a God who knows what he wants you to sell the property for, who knows the number of hairs on your head. He, he really cares. And so, and he cares about government and, and, and he cares about these things because they affect a lot of people. And sometimes in the church, we're a subculture and we just want people come to come to our subculture. But the Bible's really clear that God so loves the world and he's yeah. not separate from government he raises up rulers he brings them down he tells us to pray for all those who are in authority over us and you know all these things are really clear from scripture but very few christians actually engage god in a really daily life right i i, I would agree with that so this has been you know a really powerful conversation i feel like definitely would like to have you on again we could dive deeper part two part three um, give us an activation, like some of the, the conversations that we've had so far, just around including God in your everyday, you know, taking on that more rabbinical approach. And, and you know, and that I think anybody like who's ever been an apprentice will know it's the best way to learn. Well, how, you know, give us, give us, give the business leaders out there, those in family, leading family, government, whatever vocation they're enlisting, give us a little bit of an activation on how we can continue this journey of, of seeing the supernatural impact our sphere and you know the spheres that they're leading well i think sort of the biggest thing is um to actually do what david did inquire of the lord i think if each one of us got up every morning and said god who do you want me to speak to today 
what is the strategy for today and and, and active actively inquired of the lord and said uh, uh, you might have heard the story i believe it was reese howells that said i will not go to bed was it reese howells that without uh who is yeah, that yeah he's the, he's the intercessor guy right a dawson trotman said a dawson trotman the head of navigators said i will witness to one person at least every day i will not go to sleep without witnessing to one person and so if you say okay god i i want to impact one person today and every single one of us began to say show me the person to impact today show me the person who you want me to start the conversation with give me your words for them and let me encourage them let me you know, touch them, let me pray for, pray for them. And if we all act, said, we won't go to sleep tonight without speaking God's word, whether it's be a, a word of evangelism or, you know, online. I mean, we, we have a friend that's on our uh, Shiloh global app. If just you just so everyone that. knows that's Wesley in the background giving yeah, some that's commentary. My husband Hi, Wesley. <laughs> he can't keep kisses like that. But anyway, you know, that, that has led millions of homosexuals to Jesus uh, just online by giving supernatural awesome. words of knowledge. And, and so there's just, there's so many ways to get, to get the good news. It's good news. It's words yeah. of hope, words of life, words of comfort, words of knowledge that actually show how intimately acquainted God is with every part of us. And God actually cares about, uh, about these. So I would say, don't go to sleep without saying, God, who can I share you with today? You know, I'll plant a seed, you'll water a seed uh, or a water a seed, but you will give the increase, but where do you want me to do it? And I, I think that I, I I, like I said, I virtually force myself to prophesy every day. I don't ever feel like that. doing it. And sometimes that. they do it hours a day. Uh, you know, um, I just did uh, these programs online and it was like two and a half hours in a row every day. And it was not easy, but I just make <laughs> myself serve because it's, it's it. just there to serve. And so, uh, so I, I feel like many, many believers, we don't even do the most basic thing, inquire of God who is in my sphere of influence today that you need me to talk to who and then let's god bring one person to mind and it might even be a random stranger while you're on the bus or walking down the street or in a store but but make it a lifestyle to interact with one person with the good news of of the supernatural pray for the sick give them edification, exhortation, comfort, a prophetic word, or just even the good news that, that they're not alone and that Jesus loves them and that he's there. If wow. all of us began to activate that, where we actually looked around and saw the world like God sees the world, that would be a massive starting point. Then also um, uh, find a mentor, find somebody that, yes. that's doing what you want to do and sign up, join it. I mean, when I went to university for five years and then to Baptist seminary, I mean, I would spend tens of thousands of dollars to become educated just in learning a language. Uh, 
but you can learn supernatural language and uh, and sign up and and join these programs that will equip you i have a person on shyla right now that has just gone through a, another course and she said that they told them at the beginning our goal is to make you a teacher so that you teach this when you leave she said i would like to teach it she's never taught before she's going to teach a whole course on activations activating people in wow. hearing the voice of god so that'll be also offered on shiloh you can you can look out check shilohcompany.org or shiloglobal.org you can look that up or wesleystacycampbell.com but you can be activated and if you have a particular sphere of influence like you're called to the family mountain we have a, ma a lady with her master's in marriage and family therapy that uses the prophetic all the time to get to root issues in family dynamics we have a person in government that was uh that is, uh, you know, was raised as the daughter of an African king and was just named the female entrepreneur of the year. She leads the government mountain. She's organizing and equipping wow. people in protocol, how to approach a king, how to dress a, a properly, wow. how to do all that so that it's practical so that when you get an opportunity to go to a leader, you, you don't you know, you don't show up like Elijah or John the Baptist, you actually become all <laughs> things to all men that, that by all means, you might save some, you know, so, right. so we really want to get people activating in their gifts yeah. every day. I love that. I think the core of this conversation, which stands out to me the most, and probably will be somewhere in the title of this episode is the value of inquiring of God. I think this is a huge step to leading a supernatural life, but of course, actually impacting the world around you in a supernatural way. And I love the activation. I, I agree morning and night. Find a rabbi, a, find, find a rabbi. A, yeah, find a teacher, find a rabbi, find a, uh, you know, a metaphorical rabbi we're talking about, yeah. but find someone that can help you take it to the next level and uh, serve and be be ready. And she also has, Stacey also has a, a, a Shiloh app as well. Uh, you call it Shiloh, the Shiloh Global app. Is that what you yeah. call it? Shiloh Global. It's free. You can download it onto your phone, your iPad, your computer. It's free from the Play Store, the App Store. It's just called Shiloh Global um, okay. app. We've got all kinds of leaders on there from the church that are equipping, like Mark Sharona, Bill Johnson, Heidi Baker, uh, George Banoff, uh, uh, Mike Bickle, uh, th that are all built, uh, all carrying parts. We prophesy in part. So they're all speaking on what the spirit is saying to this church in the new era. Amazing. And as you listen to them, you are going to find a part that you're called to and um, then say, okay, God, how do I do my part in my sphere of influence? How do I start this week actually um, um, uh, following you in the new era and creating a wineskin that my family can walk in, I can walk in uh, to, to bring your kingdom, to further your kingdom in the new. And I would say that my biggest uh, concern for most of the church is that they're waiting for things to go back to business as usual. They're falling back. I had a long conversation this morning with um, European leaders who are very much in the marketplace. And, and their concern was uh, in our dialogue was that many leaders are, are, are trying to build from the old wineskin and not creating the new for this new season. And I think it's going to look very different than it did the last the last mm. season. So I think it's important to be Absolutely. really inquiring. Absolutely. I agree. Well, thank you so much, Stacey. This has been a great 
conversation. We will put all the info in the description below of how to get a hold of her Shiloh company, her personal website, as well as the app. So make sure you check out that stuff and sign up for what she's offering because I know it will greatly strengthen your life. And so thanks again, Stacey. Appreciate you. Wonderful to be with you. And I hope to have you on again. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. My name is Sean Gaby. And uh, remember, you have a supernatural leader within. Don't forget it. And these episodes are all about helping that leader within become a little more supernatural every single time. So thank you so much. And we'll see you in here or we will be with you soon. If this podcast has been an investment into your life and or impacted you in any way, we are incredibly thankful. We would love for you to join us in being able to continue bringing leadership content like this every month. Of course, it does not come without a cost, and our heart is to continue bringing you more improved quality and content. If you would like to partner with us with a one-time financial gift or to sign up as a monthly partner, you can do so at kingdomculture.ca. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast.